Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase, part of the StoryForge Network. I'm Scooter Man, and with me are Matt Olaf Hinton. Hello. LJ Donnell. Hiya. Verity St. Marie. Hola. And Max. I can't think of anything special, Baskin. Gee, thanks. Oh. Don't forget to check us out at Patreon under Legendsmith Productions. This show is brought to you thanks to the support of our wonderful patrons. Today we'll be listening to Rose Drive, which premiered in 2017 and was created by Raul Vega. Rose Drive was originally started because Raul wanted a reason to write a score. After listening to other audio dramas, he decided to create his own, structured like episodes of a conspiracy television show. This episode is called It's Quiet Uptown, and it was originally published in 2017. And now, a brief word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Jonah Knight. I'm the singer-song fighter behind many songs about ghosts, monsters, steampunk, and other things that are actually important to the real world. I am appearing before you today through the magic of the internet to let you know about my new album, Songs of the Faithless. It's your typical full-cast epic fantasy musical audio drama written by an award-winning musician and playwright obsessed with the paranormal. That's me. If you get excited about the thought of an epic journey through a mystical land to fight an unstoppable evil, I mean, first, we should probably just hang out. But if that's a little too much all up in your personal space, look up Songs of the Faithless by Jonah Knight on Kickstarter, or go to my website, www.jonahknight.com. Marcus. Marcus, I'm glad we get to do this one. Marcus, the three of us. No. If anything happens to me, I'll Wake up, honey. It's late. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake sweetie, but it's been a few days and I just wanted to check in with you. Dad and I are here in the new house. (laughs) We got the keys yesterday and it's gorgeous up here, honey. The foliage is stunning and the air is already doing wonders for my asthma. We just cannot wait for you to be here with us. Anyway, I want to thank you again for packing up the remainder of the house stuff for us. You know, it must be hard given everything you've been going through, but Dad and I didn't want to touch your things. We know how particular you are about that. Make sure you're eating and getting plenty of sleep, please. Don't forget to pick up your medication from the drugstore, okay? You cannot miss one day or your headaches won't go away, so make sure you grab them. All right. Well, I need to get back to it. I'm still setting up the kitchen here, but please call me when you can. You know I worry about you. I love you, Marcus. Bye-bye. They never go away. Doesn't she know that by now? The pills help, sure. But really, they just mask the pain. I was born with this condition. 
while I recognize most people would consider to be a gift. It's done nothing but cause discomfort for me. The side effects alone are enough to make you go crazy. But few people understand that. In fact, less than 20 people in the entire world actually understand it. We are a rare breed. I knew coming back here would only make things worse. But I didn't have any choice. I had to come back. Clear my mind. Get a reset from last year. I guess I just didn't realize I'd be leaving just as soon as I came back to Southampton. This sleepy little waterfront town where nothing changes. Ever. Dad wanted to leave Southampton after I left for New York. They always loved driving up the Pacific Northwest. Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. It's always so rainy and cold. Vacationing out there was perfect for someone like me. I don't know much about Albany, but Mom's always had a soft spot for Oregon, so it makes sense they moved up there. Now I have to go through all this old stuff. Some of these things I haven't touched in over ten years. When I was here last. At least I get to be alone. An impossibility in Upper Manhattan. Hell, anywhere in the city. Not having many connections here in town makes it easy for me to be by myself. Still, I should go into town. Mom will know if I don't grab my meds and won't be happy. I'll go tomorrow. Too much to do around the house today anyways. Hey kiddo, dad here. Uh, listen, your mom's been asking about you, wondering why you haven't called back yet. I told her you've just been busy packing, but you know how she is. She worries about you, and then she gets on my case for you not calling back, and then... Look, just give her a ring when you get a chance, all right, son? It'll make her day. Oh, and also, don't forget, everything has to be out of the house by the end of the month. The whole house. Every single room. Talk soon, bud. The whole house... Shit. I should call her back. Otherwise, they'll both just keep interrupting me. Alright. I'll call her when I get back from release. I'm starting to run out of food. If I leave now, I should be in and out without running into anybody I know. Not that they'd recognize me anyways. Thank you. 
Jacqueline Park, First Street, the Camel Barn, the clock tower where we had challenge day to talk about our feelings. Things still look the exact same. Even the community swimming pool hasn't aged. I'm surprised to see it up and running again. But I guess business carries on as it always does. There's no progress without change. At least I guess that's what they say. Looks like little Southampton hasn't progressed much at all. Whoa. Maybe I spoke too soon. This isn't Rayleigh's. At least not the Rayleigh's I remember. I know the rich folks always shopped at Knob Hill, but, but why did this store change? It looks like a Whole Foods now. How the hell am I supposed to find anything in here? Thanks. Great! I'm glad to hear it. Did you find everything you were looking for? Uh, yeah. Perfect. I know it's a bit weird here with the layout being all over the place. People can't seem to find anything anymore. I can't find anything anymore. But, you know, we had to expand to compete with Knob Hill. You know they have escalators in their store? Can you imagine? What could they even need escalators for? I mean, their store isn't even that... Oh, this is my favorite bourbon. Throw this in the crock pot with some apple cider, cinnamon, and cloves, and you have one hell of a cocktail for the holidays. Hey, you sure you're old enough to drink this? You look kind of young. Can I please just buy my stuff and go? Uh, yeah, I definitely am. Great. I'll just need to see your ID then. <sighs> Fine. If it'll speed up the process. Thank you, Marcus Hill. Would you like a bag for ten cents? No, I'm I'm fine. Thank you. Just just my groceries. Sure thing. That'll be forty-five seventy-two. Here, I I I don't need change. You you can donate the rest. Thanks. Oh my gosh, why thank you? That's so kind of you. You know we need more giving people like you. Seems like these days everyone's just yeah, running around. Don't mention it. Bye. All right. Well, you take care now. Say hi to your parents for me, Marcus. Jesus. I can't even grab a frozen pizza and a bottle of booze without someone stopping me. <sighs> All right. I just need to get home. I just need to... Wait. Is that the tannery building? I mean, it looks like it. But that's not where it's supposed to be. Hmm. New location, I guess. I wonder if Cher's hot dogs moved too. I loved eating there as a kid. What the? Hey. Hey! Stay calm. Maybe he's talking to someone else. Hey! Holy shit. Marcus Hill. Is that you, Marcus Hill? Holy shit. Hey, Greg. 
Marcus Hill! Man, brother, it's been ages. Wow, it's so great to see you. How the hell are you? Yeah, yeah, it has. I've been well. Thank you. Man, that's great to hear. So good to hear. Where have you been? The last I heard, your journey took you to, um, uh, NYC, was it? Yeah, Columbia. Presidential. Nice, man. Nice. You know, I've always wanted to visit the Big Apple. Be a bit overwhelming, though, you know, all that energy flowing around. Still, though, it'd be pretty cool to check out. Man, when'd you get back in town, brother? It couldn't have been that long ago. I would have run into you earlier, I'm sure. Not too long ago. Cool, man. So how have you been? What brings you back home? I don't think I've seen you since uh, since grad night. You know, you weren't even at the reunion either, were you? Man, it was a good one. Well, mostly. That's right. Our 10-year high school reunion was a couple weeks back. Mom mentioned that earlier. Yeah, it's... It's been a while. Listen, man, um, I don't mean to be rude, but I've got to get going. I don't want this to thaw out. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. No worries. No worries at all. But hey, I don't know how long you're here, but we should get together. Grab a drink. You know, I own the wellness center right across the street there in the tannery building. You should come by sometime. You know, we specialize in sound meditation and hallucinogenic yoga <laughs> it's pretty wild man yo what's your number so i can give you a call yeah that sounds good man i'll see you around greg lifted yo be well brother i'll be seeing you around town yo stop by the studio peace and love damn was not expecting that much excitement for one day Marcus Hill. I'm here to pick up my prescription. Ah, yes. Mr. Hill. We've been expecting you. That's a weird thing to say to a customer. If I can just have your health insurance card. Great. Just give me one moment. Let me go grab that for you. Dolled up today, saying I look tired. Good Lord, Lil. He actually said that to you? Ew. What a... Dick? Yeah. I believe the word you're looking for is dick. Seriously. Okay, so basically, the days that you wear makeup, he feels it necessary to call you beautiful and sweetie and princess, which, first of all, is creepy. Yep. And then the one day that, God forbid, you don't wear makeup, he says, You look tired. Ew, what an ass. Why do men get away with saying shit like this to women? 
I mean, listen, I'm sure this doesn't count as sexual harassment on like a technical level, but dude, it's super rude of you. Check yourself, man, be better. Oh, trust me, I hear you. Ugh. Okay, so what did you say to him in response? It wasn't worth getting into it with him, honestly. I had a long day, I was already annoyed, so I didn't feel like lecturing him on being a decent human being. <laughs> Besides, I was late on meeting up with the boo. He actually got out of the studio early that night. Yeah, what did Alec have to say about all of this? He was supportive. Well, tried to be. He made some joke like, want me to beat him up for you? Oh, man. Right? Like, I appreciate the gesture, but come on, dude. Don't reinforce the patriarchy. I can handle my own, damn it. <laughs> come on. How long does it take to grab two bottles? <gasps> yes, so true. But, you know, to be fair, he was just trying to be nice. I mean, he meant well. He just doesn't get it. Men don't have to deal with this shit on the daily. <sighs> I know. I know. He's a good one. He doesn't get it, but he tries and is getting better. Well, that's a start. Oh, my God, Lily. Have we not talked about this? I don't know. What are we talking about, Jordan? The reunion. Oh, my God. I know. You heard about him showing up, too? Yes. Okay, well, I don't know if it's true. I mean, people have been talking about if he was going to be there or not, and I wouldn't have recognized him. I mean, I never knew him. It was before I moved here. Wait. Who are they talking about? Okay, Mr. Hill. Here you go. Would you like me to counsel you on how to take these pills or just talk to myself? Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, I didn't see him in there, but then again, it wasn't like I was looking for him. Besides, I'm not sure what he even looks like now, you know? All right. So you're going to want to take two a day, one in the morning and one in the evening with a meal. Do not take these on an empty stomach. Mr. Hill? Right. Got it. Um, how much do I owe you? I need to know more about this. See if it's really him. But how? About these side effects. Side effects yeah. include... Okay, so after he skipped town, you would think that this would be the last place that he would come back to. Seriously? After the accident and his whole family freaking out on him? Yeah. Wait, what was the name of that teacher that was involved again? I can't remember his name. It is. It's him. It has to be. Numbness, fatigue, dry mouth, loss of appetite, loss of hearing, <sighs> loss of I don't interest. remember. Ugh, it's been bugging Alec and I all week. Oh man, I really want to know now. Wait, have you seen him around town? No, I haven't. Dude, I would just totally go up and just ask him myself. Would that be insensitive? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, if anyone knew more info, you know who it would be. Who? Come on. Who knows everything about Southampton? Always finds himself in the middle of things? The person who everyone just blindly trusts? Oh, no. Please don't say. Greg! Yep. God damn it. Oh, my God, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's Greg. The guy just knows everything about everything. Yeah, it's true. Itchy pants, hyperventilation, the spins. Uh, okay, uh, great. Perfect. Um, thank you, Abigail. No. Thank you, Mr. Hill. I don't know what I expected when I returned here. But this wasn't on the list. I don't know for sure, but if it is him, if he is back in town, I have to find him. Gossip wears an ugly face. 
I hate playing into it, but knowing Greg's all-or-welcome demeanor, Lily and Jordan were probably right. He is the best person to talk to. I've just got to keep my cool. Greg doesn't need to know why this is so important. Why it's a necessity that I find him. Just remember, if you're ever feeling exhausted during the class, Child's Pose is always available. Anytime. Don't let what the other students are doing interfere with... with your practice. Excuse me one moment. Marcus, you came, brother. So good to see you. Hey, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Thought I'd take you up on that offer. See if you wanted to catch up. Talk about things. Life. Work. The reunion, maybe? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Would love to. Let's do it. I just got to close up shop here right now, but hey, how about we meet at Cliff's Bar in, say, 20 minutes? I'll head over now. Perfect. I knew it wasn't going to be 20 minutes, but almost an hour late. I guess it doesn't matter. All this time to think, and I still don't know how I'm going to ask without sounding suspicious. I'll have to play this one out carefully. Maybe I could... Hey! (laughs) Sorry for the lag, brother. I got caught up in conversation with one of my students. She just returned from a spiritual awakening journey in... Baru. Yeah, sure she did. Oh. That's interesting. Very interesting. You know, I did one myself back in the day. Actually... It was right after high school, man. It was insane. No money, no food, no place to sleep. Dude, I couldn't even speak Spanish, but man, what a cleanse it was. Sounds like it. Hey, Greg, I wanted I wanted to ask you about our 10-year reunion, you know, the, since I missed it. All right, man, the reunion. It was incredible. So many walks down memory lane that night. It was crazy to see who showed up and who didn't. But man, everyone seems to be doing so well. The energy was just so damn light. Yeah? So, who was all there? Most of class. Uh, Rodney Pilkins. <laughs> he showed up with that bartender he knocked up senior year. Dude, looks the exact same. Oh, and Rebecca Mahone was there too. Just as bubbly as ever. Man, I haven't seen her in ages. Uh, then there was Jesse Batista, Craig Huddleston, uh, Eric Jeffers. Any, uh, anyone else, maybe? Like somebody unexpected? Unexpected? Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. How could you have known? How could I have known what? Forrest. Forrest showed up. He was there. Forrest. Forrest Sutherland. You're back. Really? Yeah, dude, you remember him, right? Yeah, I remember him. Wow. I haven't seen him since... Since he disappeared senior year. I know, man. Shit, senior year. That was a rough year for everyone, wasn't it? You have no idea. Yeah. 
sad what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was, man. <laughs> Look, man, I, I don't really want to relive that, though. You know, I just try and forget it as best I can. Forget the whole year. Lucky you. Some people can't forget so easily. Yeah. So, have you seen him since the reunion? Nah, man. Uh, in fact, I didn't even see him there. I just heard about him. Damn it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, maybe I did and I just didn't recognize him. I mean, it has been over ten years. I could actually come to think of it. There was this one dude there who looked like it could have been him. Really? Yeah, some scraggly looking dude. Looked tired like he hadn't slept in days. I assumed he was on a date with someone from our class, but he didn't show up with anyone. Um, I did see him talking to a few peeps, though. Who was he talking to? Oh, shit, no, no, you showed up too early. Greg, do you know who he was talking to? Marcus, bruh, I'm sorry, dude, but I gotta float up on out of here. I have someone coming over to the house to pick him something up. But Wait. I'd... Hey, sorry, man, but it was great seeing you. Let's catch up again. I didn't even hear about what you've been up to. Yo, stop by the studio. We'll talk spirit. Greg, hold on. Later, dude. Oh, brah. Don't feel bad about missing the reunion. Molly Fields put all the pictures from the night on the alumni page. You should check it out. Peace. P alum the page? Like, website? Wait, what's the address? Damn it! Hearing his name out loud, it makes it all too real. Like it just happened yesterday. Why would he come back after all these years? Why now? What business does he have here? doesn't matter right now. I need to find him. And it looks like the best way to do that is by finding out who he was talking to at the reunion. Should be easy enough to find. difficult. Was Greg misinformed? Was there actually a site? Wait. He said page, not website. Meaning, probably, of course, social media. Alright, let's do this quickly. Got it. There he is. That's him. Forrest. There's gotta be more pictures of you. There's another one. And another. And another. But who are you talking to? Seven people. Alex Santoro. Next Sister, hangs out in Ninth Street Park, runner, Arctic Blockbuster, Gabe Crazy, Cameron, 
Miller, Moonlight Film Festival contestant, Hollywood Video Employee, Alina Connolly, Blunt, most likely to Voting next Picasso, opinionated Irish and human keeps her circle small posts, arts in the park, some weekends. Ezra Goldstein, upper middle class, founder of Tolerance Club, open about sexuality, twin sister adopted by the Goldsteins, not clubs, particularly pretentious, Captain Blythers, always smiling, seems sad underneath, Nailani Jessup, Polynesian influences, the skater chick, voted most likely to fall asleep during the exam, well known, more like a smoker, hangs out in the state park and the Taco Bell, Sarah Jones, Large family, small house, parents on the antique shops downtown, works at the concession stands at the community park, dating Danny Roberts, smart, dedicated, hardworking, mother, alcohol abuse, voted best eyes, best smile, Claire Armentano, Claire, why you seven, why are you the only one seen talking to him, and do you know where he is? I don't know what your connections are with him, but I'm going to find out. One way or another, I'm going to find out. And when I do, when I find him, he's going to pay for what he did to her. So yeah, that was Rose Drive. Yeah. Wait, what's your initial thoughts? I was I was captured by the story. I mean, it was interesting. I, I think first of all, that was really incredibly well done sound design. The the sound effects, the music, all of that was very uh, it, like you're immediately put into his brain. You hear the sounds around him and they thought about everything. They thought about the ambient noise that you have when you're in a supermarket. They thought about the way conversations blend in and out with each other uh, and his internal monologue. While I, I normally hate a flat affect, it really worked for his mental state and the fact that we're clearly seeing things from, from his point of view. And speaking as someone who has struggled with anxiety, I felt the anxiety that he was feeling. It, the way that the music ramped up, especially it, it sang to that. But I got kind of lost as to the why, and clearly it's something that they're going to keep building on, and they don't want to show all their cards right at the beginning. But there has to be some sort of lead in to really hook people, and I wasn't really getting that. Was this the first episode of the whole thing, or this is the first episode of this, the entire thing? Okay. So basically, it's got each episode after this is him interviewing a different person that he listed at the end Okay, uh, that he saw with Forrest. So I actually had a similar reaction to Stephen King's Lisey story that I'm having to this first episode. Um, so in uh, as I'm listening to this and as I'm following along with this person, 
he is he is very flat. He's very internalized. You know, all the time he's talking to people, it's it's very naturally and very well written because it's it's so stilted. You know, when you're so in your head, when you're so um, neurotic almost and, and not used to and not wanting to deal with people, every time you're talking to someone, you're talking to yourself just as much as you're talking to them. So he keeps thinking of Forrest and he doesn't feel the need to explain anything to us because he's like, everything you know at that very last moment when we hear the car crash he's hearing that every time that person's name is said is what i'm getting from this i'm like listening to it i'm hearing it and i don't care because i'm not in his brain but he's not explaining it to me yet because he's so inside i'm hoping we meet somebody that brings him out of that that he feels confident enough in to talk to to confide in so that maybe we can feel some of that emotional connection yeah, and and it is partially because this is the first episode, I think. Um, but even even with the first episode, anything episodic, you do need to have a little bit of an arc. And I do think this had a few places where it felt meandering. Right. And it had very, very tense uh, sound. But it, we didn't have a clear idea of where that tension was coming from because the plot was starting to lose it. Yeah, it definitely had the aesthetic. It, it felt right. It felt really right. I mean, as you said, Verity, that music was just top-notch. I can definitely see where he started from, I want to write a score for something, and backed into writing an entire audio drama. But I think he kind of hit the nail on the head with that as far as just needing something more in there to get that initial hook in. And that's like where I was where I was talking about, you know, he is so in his brain, like, and I think while that's clever and I can see where he was trying to go with that, you're right. There was not enough tension. I think we were, we were talking about in our little group chat that it was more, it was almost like a parody. Like this music is playing. It's really tense and all these sounds are coming up in the way he's talking. And I'm like, but why are we so upset? Why is music mad? <laughs> I actually felt, I surprisingly did not feel that it was disjointed because from the beginning, I was like, as he talked in his head, and the answer machine came on and said, take your medicine. We knew at the beginning something was wrong. So the illogical path of the story arc didn't really bother me because I knew something was wrong with the protagonist. There was, I had some difficulty with following bits of this. I've actually, Rose Drive is one of the few things that we've reviewed that I've listen to a lot of i've listened to the entire first seasons it does go places that you're talking about how dare you sir i know right it's why i originally approached them because i knew it was a good show because i've listened to it before you are just the worst i feel like you cheated on us you did i did i cheated before we even did audio drama showcase it's the worst (laughs) wow am i right though that's a good fit wait what What, which which part about about him like finding somebody and he starts talking to them and we're like oh they do get more into details about the like the overall reasons why, and that's part of the reason, yeah. I wish you could have seen my face, listeners. I was just like, colon D. Yeah, her eyes rolled back. It was amazing. <laughs> Which, speaking of, can we talk about the, the intro part of this? Because for a second, I had like an eyebrow raise where we're all like, all right, we've got some women giggling and some breathy noise. Is this porn or a nightmare? Nightmare porn. Nightmare porn, right. We've already discussed that. Have we talked about the fact that this is nightmare porn or not? No, no. No, Night, we, just we discussed nightmare it. Nightmare porn. Oh, right. At length. Yeah. And width. Oh. And girth. <laughs> Duration also. Ugh. So getting away from the story issues for a second, I just wanted to say that the performances, by and large, were 
amazing. There were a couple of really minor things I heard, mostly in the two girls who were talking behind him at the drugstore. But other than that, pretty much everything was top-notch. His uh, buddy Greg sounded like a complete douche bro, and it sounded like he was supposed to sound like a douche bro. So, I mean, really, all the performances seemed top-notch. And I want to say it's really hard to write convincing-sounding dialogue. I absolutely believed that he was overhearing a conversation of two friends in in a CVS. Mm-hmm. And I I deeply feel for the CVS employee. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, oh, oh, my customer service flashbacks are happening for you. Um, I also loved how everybody else, I think, sounded just that much like that much bubblier, just a little bit higher, like more energy because it contrasted with his flat affect so well. Yeah. It made his flat affect, sorry, almost sound like misery. He didn't have to sound sad and depressed. Everybody else kind of notched up, like you said, the happiness. So his just flat was, you could tell he was not happy. Yeah, you're, that's, totally true it's not like he was in a completely different world he was existing in his own private universe and everything around him was happening like even when he was talking to greg he was like getting more and more desperate and greg's like yeah yeah yeah, whatever okay i yeah okay bye and we're all going why didn't you just answer the question but maybe it to greg it didn't even sound important and i think that it all of that between the music and the sound effects and and how much how up everyone sounded plus his internal monologue helped it feel like a very complete package like it, it was delivering uh, and and while we may have a few pacing issues I, I mean I want to listen to it again I want to find out what happens next and that's what you want from a first episode and what I liked um, about his inner monologue if you noticed his inner monologue was very clear spoke very directly and whenever he spoke out, to the audience and to the other characters, it felt like he didn't know what he was doing. He felt very teenish. Yeah, th- there was a different voice, so to speak, because it-, it went from I'm completely confident in what I'm doing, everything is up here, I know how everything works, to um, people. And I've been there. Uh, and yeah, that that felt very relatable. I mean, that's fair. I think LJ described it as introvert hell at one point. I and I was like, oh, oh, yes, you are entirely right. Well, I got to find it. It was because like, <laughs> I'm an extrovert, but I, I love and have been friends with a lot of introverts. And so I see their faces sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. Shit. Hey, an introvert's <laughs> autobiography. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the entire dialogue thing like you said it's tough to write it convincingly and it's also tough to get two different voices out of the same character and the way that they did that with the inner monologue versus the spoken lines was completely believable i had no doubt that that was authentic and it wasn't even stilted i mean a lot of times the monologue voice because it is more of a kind of omniscient voice it it ends up being very overly formal and it still sounded the same sort of conversational that it would with a real person. It was more confident than anything else. I also really appreciated the fact that um, it it didn't 
like the flat affect didn't just turn into a mope city like he wasn't spending forever breaking himself down like which that would just get exhausting no he was just this this is where things are this is just explaining you know what it reminded me of if you've seen the movie dark city the sort yeah. of blind panic that uh, Russell Sewell's character had throughout the entire thing where he was the only one other than the kind of alien control people who knew what was going on and he just couldn't get comfortable because of that. It had that same sort of running discomfort. And I felt how they did it and broke up that monotone affectation he had in his head was you could always tell when he got agitated because the music swelled and it actually broke up his speech and made it disjointed. Also, I'm going to make a band now called Running Discomfort, all because of you. Shucks. Definitely sounds like some kind of like marathon running group, too. Like, that's a good name for that. Or a maxi pad. Oh. Except. No, <gasps> oh, no, please. After you, I insist. Oh, I have no idea. I'm glad I didn't end the podcast with that. So Everyone was, was just waiting. Well, because that would have ended it on a period. Oh. oh. I still didn't end it. Someone else talk, please. It's a bloody mess. So there was some pacing issues. We already talked about that kind of a little bit, but I saw that more in chat than I did us talking about it. Um, but that's kind of leading back to the discussion on how it feels like this is a very small part of the whole. And so because of that, we're missing out on a lot of stuff. Yeah, the the music says that there's urgency, but we as listeners don't actually know what's at stake at all until right at the very end, we start to get an inkling of it. Um, so for a while, that kind of intense sense of urgency starts to feel like like it's losing its track in the middle. And if I was going to be really nitpicky, I disliked the overuse of the him and her as just random emphasized pronouns that don't really explain anything because it's very cliched and I, I just I didn't appreciate that but that's me really digging for something uh so that actually just as an aside before I say what I was, uh that reminded me a lot of Nikki Spillane and it's overused then and it's overused now but it's kind of it's almost like a it's a trope so it didn't rub me the wrong way but I was kind of like okay I I hear you it's very dramatic Mickey Spillane, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it he wrote a lot of noir novels, like a lot of them. And they were always over the top. They're always, I was standing under a street lamp in the rain and there she came. She was like a warm breeze in winter. It wasn't going to last and you knew it was false, but you got swept away and took off your jacket anyway, knowing you would die in the cold, but it would smell of strawberries. And his best-known character was probably Mike Hammer. There was a television series that was done with him with Stacey Keach playing the main character in the 80s. Random fact. LJ, will you do my eulogy at my funeral? 100%. Just like that. 100%. <laughs> and it has to end with, and it smelled like strawberries. <laughs> and I'll pay somebody to stand in the back of your funeral with a big black umbrella just going... <laughs> what about the... Uh... Uh, atomizers to make sure that the strawberry smell is there for everybody. Perfect. But only for that one word. When she says it, just a big squirt of it comes out. We gotta get that thing from Disney that shoots out the scents. <laughs> it's flawless. It's we so good. We full on tech for that event. No rain, no rainbow. Right? It's so yeah, good. Yeah, they already like half of your funeral budget is gonna be for the smell. <laughs> I won't even be dead yet. <laughs> I, I just want this to happen. We're doing your funeral next week. 
Awesome. Hey, Verity, can we also have a large crank on the side of a coffin that starts turning at the end and starts going, but it doesn't actually do the pop goes the weasel part and people are just sitting there waiting for it. And then we leave. That's so tense. All right, back to the... Anyway, so what I was going to say before talking about Mickey Spillane, which is one of my favorite like noir trope writers. Anyway, um. I was very critical of the pacing and I was very critical of thinking about how, yes, this person is very focused so much so that it's almost one dimensional and kind of hard to relate to, but that's how people get when they're obsessed and when they're anxious and they're only thinking about one thing, they are hard to relate to. So I think it's really hard to write someone relatable when you're writing about how they're hard to relate to. And I think the writer did do well enough that I would listen to episode two. I am curious enough to be like, okay, what's going on here? Because right now I don't necessarily care about this guy. He seems pretty unfriendly and unwilling to talk to anyone. And why would he want to talk to me, the listener? But I am curious. So uh, good on you, writer, for writing somebody that I probably won't like initially, but will like very much coming to the end of the season. What I found, and it was right at the beginning when he was talking to his dad, was when he's like, we have a week to clean out the house. Every single room. And then the kid's like, Every single, I was like, okay, that's a hook. If I've ever heard a hook, whatever's in that room, we got to figure out. Also, can we mention how much packing and moving sucks and leaving someone who is in a not okay headspace alone to pack up like all of the shit is a terrible, terrible idea. That will make somebody who's perfectly happy miserable. Big mood. Especially going to, we're in Oregon. We're having a fun time. Pack the house. That's kind of a dick move. Yeah. Come on, guys. Also, big ups to the shout out to the Couve. Much love. Wait, the Couve? Vancouver. I've never heard it called the Couve. Vancouver? Vancouver. Yee. Maybe it's just me then. That's okay. You can have the Couve. I can Couve if I want to. Making a Vancouver on Vancouver. Mm. Move over. <laughs> that hurt. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't forget to tip your waiters. All right, so let's get some individual opinions. LJ? Well, um, I think I said a lot during this uh, critique and um, thought process, but basically I would listen again. I I enjoyed it and I I would definitely listen again. Props to your audio sound editor because holy shnikes, that was amazing. Max? It was like, for anyone who's seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, there's a scene when... Raul Duke has taken a lot of, I think it was cow adrenaline, and he's getting more and more into a story that his lawyer is telling, and it keeps building and building and building. And then the lawyer stops telling the story, and there's this amazing look that Johnny Depp has on his face of just complete crazed intensity and he says finish the fucking story and that's really how i felt with this there was all that build up and no release whatsoever and i'm going to have to listen to at least the second episode just to get a little bit of relief verity so so wait you just described story blue balls yes. story edging if it were oh story edging <laughs> oh wow oh my um I also like clearly talked a lot. Um, I I enjoyed it. I, I would give it a good uh, nine out of ten Foley artists and would listen again just for the sounds. I it was it was far more complete than anything else that I've listened to lately. And uh, and while I 
I have a few problems with the the pacing and the story. I'm I'm in. I'm in for the next one at least. Okay. Off. Well, I mean, I I actually really enjoyed it. It took me back to some more expen- experimental days when I was greatly influenced by David Lynch. So it felt like a little blue velvet Twin Peaks kind of mushed together. Yeah. And uh, part of my psyche enjoyed that. <laughs> part of myself was like, no, you don't do that anymore. But that's a whole nother thing. Uh, I enjoyed it. I will probably listen to more of it just to find out how weird and wacky it gets. Yeah, I don't remember if it. I don't remember it being super long or anything. It's pretty short, like less than ten episodes. I still would like to see better dramatic arcs. Like even when you cut a story into pieces, you need to have that flow. But yeah, yeah, there there definitely needs to be a mini climax in each episode before building to the big one right at the end, or at least like a rising action. Yes. Yeah, but I, I definitely liked how lynching it was for the first episode, just dropping you into bucket and just said, here, boink, this is weird. Yeah, I completely expected Dennis Hopper to come out and start breathing uh, yeah. oxygen. I needed a, I, there's a Dennis Hopper character in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he is. but As, as long as there's no maggoty ear. Nope. I clearly haven't seen enough Twin Peaks, if that's what you guys are. No, that's Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Disturbing movie. I mean, Naked Lunch will take you all the way, but that's a whole nother game. But that's burrowing the lead. Yes. Or burrowsing. And bug typewriters. This episode was brought to you by... Hey, do you have feet? Do those feet hate walking? Come finance a new vehicle at America's number one van maker. That's right, shoes. But don't worry, they're not just for your feet. You can fit your whole body and several other bodies. Living ones. Don't get any ideas. Shoes, where America buys vans for totally legal things. That was It's Quiet Uptown from the show Rose Drive. To find out more, go to www.rosedrivepodcast.com. This was Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Thanks for listening. High five. We made it.